Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to introduce a new sponsor to the podcast. Hillsdale College has been a longtime sponsor of the broadcast. And for the new year, they've graciously agreed to exclusively sponsor the first hour or segment of the podcast. I believe deeply in the principles and mission of Hillsdale College, which I share with you during the upcoming segment. My thanks and appreciation to Hillsdale College for their long partnership with the show. And now, the podcast. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. The Democrats are in full totalitarian mode, ladies and gentlemen, as they try and collapse our government and the executive branch, as they try and take out a cable channel, and as they side with David Duke when it comes to the Jewish community in this country. We need to expose this party. It's a dangerous party. It's been a dangerous party for most of our history in this country. It has rarely supported individual liberty. Always big government. Always big government. Big government when it came to slavery. Big government when it came to segregation. Big government when it comes to stealing your private property and your money. And big government now as it spreads anti-Semitism. There's no, no excuse for this. Their DNA and their fingerprints are all over this. The Democrat Party has among it a growing number of bigots. A growing number of bigots. And I speak to you whether you're Jew or Christian, whether you're atheist, regardless. We haven't seen this in our country in a very, very long time. But we see it now. The Democrat Party has shown itself to be exactly what it is. They fear offending the radical extreme corner of space. They fear offending the growing pockets of fundamentalist Islam in this country. Let's be honest. Because they vote Democrat through and through. The Democrat caucus was split, we read from news reports, on whether or not to vote for a watered-down, dumbed-down version of a resolution in which the bigot of bigots Omar was not to be named. Tough Nancy Pelosi. Oh, she's tough. She buckled. She's a coward. And the media, they're focused on destroying Fox. Their eyes are diverted from the cancer of bigotry and anti-Semitism that is the Democrat Party. That is the David Duke Democrats within the Democrat Party. The never-Trumpers, like French and Goldberg or others, are so busy dissecting Donald Trump's speech or dissecting Fox 
that they're blind to their own hate and obsession and personal proclivities. Rather than joining in repeated, repeated attacks on a threat like this, that is a threat to our society. The left cares about power by any means, and apparently so do some never-Trumpers. We should be united in our constant voices of repulsion and rejection of what's taking place in this country today. One after another Democrat confronted, not by MSNBC, not by CNN, not by the New York Times, not by the Washington Post, indeed those last two, the Holocaust-denying New York Times and the Washington Compost have been making excuses for Bigot Omar and her ilk. Roll call newspaper started trashing Jewish groups, in particular one Jewish group, talking about its Nazis' ties. A lie. Blasphemy. That has been proven a lie in the past. The Washington Post ran no less than three headlines yesterday excusing effectively what this bigot Omar had to say. The Democrat Party and the media walk lockstep. It is the Democrat Party that tolerates hate. It is the Democrat Party that promotes hate. And the media too. It is a grotesque grotesque thing that's happening to this country. This group CARE, a Hamas front group, and left-wing groups rally around Ilhan Omar, the bigot, and insist that the Democrats not only condemn anti-Semitism, but all forms of bigotry. I don't remember them saying that in Steve King's case. Do you? They attack our president, the radical left, the fundamental Islamists, like Kerr, like Omar, like Talib, like the Never Trumpers. They attack our president as a racist, knowing damn well he's no racist. They compare him to Hitler and Stalin and anything else they can think of that's monstrous and diabolical and evil. And yet, within our midst, we have a monster who is diabolical and evil. And she's not alone. AOC, AOC, is not the leader of the modern-day Democrat Party. It's Ilhan Omar. She's the leader of the modern-day Democrat Party. And as a Jew, I tell my liberal Jewish friends, of which I have few, you better wake the hell up. You cast your vote for this party? This party that is now embracing bigotry and anti-Semitism? That can't even get its act together to condemn the poison within it? You better wake the hell up. We are at a very, very difficult place in this country. When our Constitution is attacked, 
And we have fools in the Republican Party in the Senate. And my God, I'm grinding my teeth. I want to name every one of them, including some of my friends. Who sit there and tell you how it's Donald Trump and the National Emergencies Act of 1976 who's going to violate separation of powers, who's going to somehow empower this crooked, contemptible Democrat Party. And they pretend they're constitutional experts when they're navel gazers. The country's collapsing around them. The party opposite is not an adversary, it's an enemy. The gang of media types, the mob... Is out to destroy one damn cable channel that doesn't go along. Some of its news people go along, but the channel as a whole does not. Day in and day out, they go after Hannity. Day in and day out, they go after Carlson. Day in and day out, they go after Ingram. They can't tolerate opinion programs that support the president. While they spend all their time trying to destroy him. These are dark days in this country. I must tell you that I'm a little numb. I am a little numb by what's transpired the last 48 hours that the Democrats announced that they're going to have a resolution condemning anti-Semitism. Really? How about you condemn The anti-Semite by name. That's how it's supposed to work. And even that was too much. Even that was too much for the modern-day Democrat Party. I remember the Democrat Party when they had Scoop Jackson. I remember when they had Moynihan. Who's the Scoop Jackson and Moynihan now? Nancy Pelosi's the Speaker of the House. She's the Queen. She struts along every time she sticks it to Trump. She loves the fact that in the shadows she has organized a coup d'etat against the President of the United States. But when it comes to doing justice, when it comes to doing what's right, she's just another fascistic-minded, left-wing kook. The Democrats have had the opportunity now to stand up, to speak out, and they can't even muster a vote, a resolution against Ilion Omar, as they slobber and salivate over the opportunity to vote to impeach our president. The Democrat Party today hates the state of Israel. The Democrat Party today is thrown in with Hamas and CARE. The Democrat Party today has thrown in with Iran and Hezbollah. The Democrat Party today has thrown in with the PLO and Abbas. The Democrat Party today has thrown in with the Islamo-fascist Aragon of Turkey. That's the Democrat Party today. Same with the pages of the New York Times and the Washington Post. Same with the people on CNN and MSNBC. What a disgrace. And you don't have to be Jewish to see it. 
Some of the greatest supporters of Jews in the state of Israel are Christians. Evangelical Christians. They see it too. Because they're under attack too. They're told that you must pay for abortions even at late stage whether you like it or not. They're told who they must bake cakes for during this wedding or that wedding. They're abused and they're pushed around. They're called white supremacists. This nation is under attack. Our foundation's under attack. Our beliefs are under attack. Our people are under attack. From within. From within. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to thank our sponsor, Hillsdale College, for all they do to try and maintain the greatness of America. You know, most colleges have enough trouble maintaining the greatness on their own campuses, and they have declined, and they have fallen into cultural rot. Not Hillsdale College. It's a special place. And now they reach out to all citizens of the country to spread the word of liberty, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, capitalism, all the great things that make America what she is today. And now that Congress is under new leadership, it already seems to be on a mission to thwart our liberty, doesn't it? Yours and mine. But too many representatives don't know how to preserve liberty, and too many of them don't care. We call them progressives. But I'm not interested in the progressives. I'm interested in you, we the people. It's up to we the people to retain what we have earned and to retain what we have received from our founding fathers. And our founding fathers counted on we the people to hold our government in check. And being able to do that means understanding the proper role of Congress. That's why for a limited time, my good friends at Hillsdale have brought their powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress back, absolutely free, to equip all of us to know what we should expect of our Congress. Hillsdale is on a mission to restore liberty like the rest of us. And you can take their excellent online course for free for a limited time. Sign up today for this critical course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't anymore. Learn about liberty, the Declaration, the Constitution. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. Where is CNN? Where is MSNBC? Who do they stand with? They stand with the David Duke crowd and the Democrat Party? Is that it? I think so. They're very opinionated, these people. These cable news anchors. And yet they're very quiet. Where's Brian Stelter? Where's Jake Tapper? Where's Chris Cuomo? Where's Don Lemon? Where's Camerata? Where's Maddow on MSNBC? Where's Matthews? Where's Scarborough? Where's Brzezinski? Where's Andrea Mitchell and Brian Williams? Where are these people? They're nowhere. They do their quick hit and runs to the extent they're required to do a little bit of reporting. Do they seem angry about what's taking place? It's been going on now for several months. Do they seem angry? Do they seem concerned? Do they show any of the same passion they show when they're trying to destroy the President of the United States? 
Or any guest that dares to defend the President of the United States? Part of what's happening in this country right now with these two women, Omar and Talib, the children of first-generation immigrants from Somalia and the Middle East. Is assimilation. It's assimilation. And the Democrat Party, its balkanization, its groupthink, its divide and conquer politics is coming home to roost. It's coming home to with a very dangerous party, with a very dangerous political agenda and out of control propaganda which is given voice by the media these news anchors and these news companies are every bit as accountable as the anti-Semites that they breed in our politics every time Israel's attacked by Hamas they take Hamas's side Every time. Really since 1967, since Israel won the 1967 war, it's no longer a a victim, you see. It's no longer helpless. It's a country that can defend itself. So now it's a perpetrator like the United States. Those who hate America hate Israel. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? And there's something to be said about this, this hate for Israel that the first two women Muslims have elected to Congress, don't you know, for this country. They've joined the right party. They've joined the right party. Hakeem Jeffries, Democrat, New York, says the following, cut one, go. There's not a rise of anti-Semitism in the House of Representatives. There's a rise of anti-Semitic behavior and activity and violence in the country. All right, stop. So she's not an anti-Semite. So we're deaf. So none of us understood the multiple times when she said what she said. How about Representative Roe Kahana? Democrat California on MSNBC. Cut to go. My perspective is uh, that her comments were inappropriate, uh, but that she has apologized uh, and that we should move on. And she's that- apologized and we moved on. For the 15th time, she's apologized and we can move on. How about Mehdi Hassan, host of Al Jazeera? Cut three, go. A lot of the good faith criticism is based on kind of misreporting of what she said and done. And oh, bath- I see. Our friends at Al Jazeera, she's just being misreported. They have a high tolerance level for bigotry, don't they, over there at Al Jazeera? And Ro Kahana and Hakeem Jeffries. Wait till you hear what Bernie Sanders had to say. I'll be right back. 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, it appears that the new congressional leadership is on a course to impede our liberty, your liberty and mine and the future liberty of your children and your grandchildren. Many of our representatives simply don't understand or care about the critical imperative to preserve our liberty. And it would seem that some of these so-called progressives actually seek to kill it. And these progressives are quite unlikely to understand or learn these things, which is why we have to. We need to overcome them. Our founding fathers counted on we the people to hold our government in check. And being able to do that means understanding the proper role of Congress. Now, to help us understand this critical issue for a limited time, my friends at Hillsdale College have brought their powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress back, absolutely free to equip all of us to know what we should expect of our Congress. I encourage you to check out this course, but not just you, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors. Spread the word of liberty like Hillsdale College is. Hillsdale is on an important mission to restore liberty in our great country. And for a limited time, you can take their excellent and enlightening online courses for free. I urge you to sign up right now for this critical course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't work anymore. Learn more about liberty. Spread the word. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. America's most powerful conservative voice, The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. All right. Well, look, I'm not going to spend the whole program on this. So some of you are saying, move on already, move on already. This is something that's very, very important. You're looking into the heart and soul of the Democrat Party, and it's soulless and heartless, despite all the propaganda. Now, on this National Emergencies Act, there's up to 10 Republicans are going to be voting with the Democrats, of course, claiming that uh, it's unconstitutional. Of course, they don't want to be caught on that side. I am told that Mitch McConnell is not even trying to rally the Republican Senate, that is, the troops, to vote with the president. And I know what I'm talking about. Mitch McConnell is not even working this. Very weak. John Cornyn, not working this. Very weak. They're not leading on this. So they're not even whipping the vote, which means they're not even trying to see who's voting how and how to try and convince them otherwise. Right now you have Tillis, who is opposed to North Carolina. He wrote a piece that the Washington Post used for propaganda. Lamar Alexander... Lisa Murkowski, Susan Collins, Corey Gardner out of Colorado is going to vote no. And Mike Lee apparently is going to vote no. Of course, Rand Paul. And they all dress it up as a monumental constitutional issue. Appropriation, separation of powers. I don't know how many more times I can deal with this. Apparently these senators aren't particularly bright. They want to vote no. They want to beat their chests. They want to pat themselves on the back. Well, the Democrats are running all over us. Well, let me ask you a question, ladies and gentlemen. Any of these Republicans, do they support Convention of States, Article 5? My dear friend Mike Lee won't say, or he's opposed. How about Rand Paul? He says he does. What's he done for it? How about Mr. Tillis of North Carolina? How about Mr. Romney? 
How about Collins and Murkowski? No way. How about Lamar Alexander? No way. They're really interested in the Constitution. They really believe in the Constitution. They really want to protect your individual liberty and federalism, but they won't do a thing. A serious thing about it. Something happened yesterday that you need to be informed about. The great state of Arkansas has joined 12 other states in voting for a convention of states. That's 13. Did you read it anywhere? Did you see it on the news? Nowhere. There's another state the next 24 hours. The state of Utah. The state of Mitt Romney and Mike Lee. It looks like they're on the precipice of voting for it too. And if they do, that's 14. 14. You need 38. Actually, I'm wrong. You need 34. Look at this. This movement. This convention of states movement. They act like it doesn't even exist. And whenever they do cover it, the rare occasions they do, they attack it. They viciously attack it. And the same frauds who pretend to you that they're constitutionalists. We're going to have a runaway constitution, I tell you. We're going to have a runaway constitutional convention. Really? When 13 states can block whatever comes out of the convention? When the convention can only discuss the specific issues that have been raised by the states? The problem isn't a runaway convention. The problem is getting to a convention. And it is not a constitutional convention. It is exactly what the framers called a convention of the states, a meeting, if you will, of the states. Now tell me, is Susan Collins supportive of this? No, but she's defending the Constitution. Let me tell you a little secret. Can you hear me? I'm going to tell you a little secret. little secret. We don't even follow the Constitution most of the time in this country. How else do you think they can talk about a 70 to 90% marginal tax rate? Well, Mark, we do have the income tax, but we also have the right to private property. And that is nothing but confiscation. We have a candidate talking about a wealth tax. Nothing but confiscation of private property. I'm waiting for people to really dig in on this, but they don't. Better to hate Trump. All these departments and agencies, the great separation of powers crowd. I pound away on this relentlessly in my books, on radio, on TV. Where's everybody? Where's Tillis? Where's Collins? Where's Murkowski? Have any of them proposed eliminating the Department of Education? Not one of them. Neither have the conservatives. But the National Emergencies Act, that's the line, baby. That's the line. The fact that the whole system is out of kilter. Hey, don't worry. Don't worry. We are in quite a little pickle, this country, if you believe in liberty and you believe in the Constitution. We have one party that hates us and hates our system. And they will do anything, and I mean anything, to destroy it. We have another party that's fraudulent in so many respects. In so many respects. 
It's hard to know what the Republican Party stands for. It certainly doesn't stand for fiscal responsibility anymore. Because Mitch McConnell, eh? Hey, better get all get along, here. Eh? And they spend and spend and spend. Republicans controlled the House and the Senate. What'd they do about the border? They fought with each other in the House. They fought with each other in the Senate. So we couldn't get anything done. Nothing. But that Mitch McConnell's the greatest leader we've ever had in the Senate, boy. I'll tell you what. He got Kavanaugh through. He got Gorsuch through. No, he didn't. He did what everybody told him to do. Turn the Harry Reid rule against the Democrats and get a vote. And he got a vote. Wow. Wow. What a man. What a genius. What a buffoon. Now we have a Democrat party. Now it's unequivocal. There's no debate. No debate. A Democrat party that campaigns against America. That has so destroyed our immigration system that it invites people into this country who hate America. No merit-based immigration. No allegiance-based immigration. No assimilation once you get here. We want you counted in the census. All these liberal judges. You got to count everybody. Really, you do. And so they muscle up their states when it comes to the Electoral College, but they still don't like to. Hey, we're going to get rid of that, too. Why? Slavery. Slavery. What's it have to do with slavery? Oh, you support it? Yes, I do. You must be a racist, a white supremacist, because I support the Electoral College. Oh, yes. Meanwhile, the Democrat Party not only harbors bigots, race baiters, and anti-Semites, it celebrates them. AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a bigot. But she's not the only bigot. Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders. The great Bernie Sanders, an old-time red, don't you know? Oh, yes. The future. Oh, Democrat socialist. This guy has supported every mass-murdering, genocidal maniac, as long as they're communists or socialists, that you can count. Every damn one of them. Here it is, Mediaite, our source for left-wing kookism. You go to that site, it's hate Trump, hate Trump, hate Fox, hate Trump, hate Fox, hate Fox, hate Trump. Senator Bernie Sanders has issued a statement calling efforts to issue a veiled rebuke if Ilhan Omar is wrong and warning that such a rebuke as proposed by Democratic leadership would ultimately stifle Mideast debate. Excuse me? Yes, yes, we must tolerate this bigot, this anti-Semite, because otherwise it'll stifle debate, you know, against Israel. How so? Have the Democrats been stifled? Isn't that their Iran deal that that Trump reversed? Anti-Semitism is a hateful and dangerous ideology which must be vigorously opposed to the United States around the world. We must not, however, equate anti-Semitism with legitimate criticism of the right wing. Netanyahu government in Israel. Excuse me. Her attacks on Nina Lowy... And this guy, Elliot Angles, boy, you talk about a coward. Her comments 
about Benjamins and so forth. Had nothing to do with Netanyahu, you damn fool, Bernie Sanders. You chicken who won't come on any of my shows. Because I know what you are. I know what you are, you Woodstock throwback. You pothead throwback. I know exactly who you are and what you are. The statement continues. What I fear is going on in the House now is an effort to target Congresswoman Omar as a way of stifling that debate. That's wrong. Stifling debate. Did he talk about stifling debate when it came to Steve King? Does he talk about stifling debate when it comes to David Duke? Hey, look, we got to have a debate on race. Don't shut up, David Duke. You know, Bernie, let me tell you something. You would not understand this, given your support for a mass murderer like Castro, your support for mass murdering regime like the Soviet Union, your support for a mass murderer like Ortega, your support for a mass murderer like Maduro, who you will not condemn. Let me explain something to you. You feeble buffoon, you throwback. This has nothing to do with free speech. Nothing. She can say whatever she wants, and she is. But it doesn't mean everybody else has to sit passively by. You wouldn't have said back in the 50s that Joe McCarthy had every right to speak because of the First Amendment, would you? Would you? You people on the left make me sick to my stomach. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The new congressional leadership is in town, but there's nothing new about what they're pushing. Big government, centralized government, iron-fisted government, higher taxes, more regulations, open borders. They're on a mission to obstruct our freedom and undermine our sovereignty. Yours, mine, all of ours. And too many representatives don't care. This is the nature of progressivism. It's an ideological poison. And the best way to fight it is with knowledge, information, about liberty, about the Declaration, about the Constitution, and how Congress is supposed to work. It's up to we, the people, to understand what our government is and is not supposed to do. And that includes Congress. And thankfully, my good friends at Hillsdale College have brought back the powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress, and it's absolutely free. Please take advantage of this remarkable offer to equip yourself your family, your friends, your neighbors, with the knowledge that all of us should have about our Congress and our government generally. Hillsdale College is on a critical mission to restore liberty in our great country. And you can take their excellent online courses for free for a limited time. So sign up right now for this important course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't anymore so we can do something about it. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. Arkansas did, in fact, become the 13th state to call for an Article 5 convention to propose constitutional amendments, including opposing fiscal restraints on Washington, limit its power and jurisdiction, and set term limits for federal officials. Ooh, so radical! Utah, Tuesday night, gave the final approval to a joint resolution also calling for a convention to consider amendments. So Utah is in. That's 14 states. 14 states. 
That's almost a third of all the states, Mr. Producer. What is it? It's 30%, give or take. Now 30%. Very important that this continue. We've had a few setbacks because of some fools in, in certain states with the scaremongering. I hope Arizona will kick in. When this guy Andy Biggs, you see him all over TV, Mr. Conservative Constitutionalist, when he was the president of the Senate, he blocked a vote. Wouldn't even allow a vote on it. That's the test to me. That's the big test. There's hope. Keep hope alive. And I've always said, if we can get to 20, then we'll get their attention. Now, what does that mean if we get to 20 and get their attention? Then they get nervous. Then they have to start listening to us. They will fight us. This is what they do. They will lie about us. They'll call us racist and white supremacist and everything. We don't care. We know who we are. We're good people. We're beneficent people. We're tolerant people. We're diverse people. And the glue that keeps us together is our love of liberty and country. We love our liberty and we love our country. That's the key. Now I can play Democrat after Democrat making excuses for Ilion Omar. And so it's important that we learn to use the language of the left against the left. It's becoming the David Duke party. And the queen of the David Duke party, write this down, media, the queen of the David Duke party is Nancy Pelosi. She can't even bring her caucus together to vote on a watered-down resolution that doesn't even name the perp. That doesn't even name the perp. They have a high tolerance level in the Democrat caucus for anti-Semitism. And it is really repulsive to watch some of my Jewish brothers and sisters in Congress, in the Democrat Party, struggle with this. There should be no struggle whatsoever. They should resign from their party. But they won't. They like power. And power comes first. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. I have a question for Nancy Pelosi that I'm sure she will not be asked by CNN and MSNBC and their little website offshoots. Why did you put this bigot, Ilion Omar, on the House Foreign Affairs Committee? Why did you do that? Was it her broad experience? She had no broad experience. Were you pandering? to a fundamentalist Islamist. And this is the point, ladies and gentlemen. She is a fundamentalist Islamist. She loves the attention she's getting. She is a hero in many of these countries that hate America. She is a hero 
among these radical Islamic organizations in this country, including CARE. A hero. She's a hero with the radical progressive left, which has always been anti-Semitic, among other things. Now, there are other things I want to get into, but I want to finish this. Roll Call is a newspaper on Capitol Hill. I believe it's the oldest one, and it covers Capitol Hill. And over at the Free Beacon, Adam Crato, who is a terrific reporter, he points out that this newspaper, Roll Call, is now facing a backlash after one of its reporters attempted to discredit a recent effort by a group of leading Jewish and pro-Israel organizations to see Omar removed from the House Foreign Affairs Committee. And this is what the left does. They'll attack Trump. They'll attack Jewish organizations. They'll claim that we need to be nice to everybody. This has nothing to do with anything that's taking place here. There's a perpetrator. There's an individual with a name, with a face, with an office she holds. With an office she holds. Roll call writer Emily Kopp, a former intern for Democratic House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. See how this works? Came under intense scrutiny on Wednesday for what observers widely described as lazy and factually inaccurate reporting on a recent call by Jewish groups to see Omar unseated from the powerful Foreign Affairs Committee. So here you have a fraud, a so-called reporter now working for Roll Call, taking up the case of her former boss, Nancy Pelosi. Cop in a report headlined, Among the Jewish Groups, Trump Cites, One with Neo-Nazi Ties, attempted to paint several of the groups included on a letter as anti-Muslim hate groups, a claim that was debunked hours after she published her report. This is why these people need to be sued. This is why these groups should hire Linwood to sue them. And by the way, he will be my guest this Sunday, this Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin. And Life, Liberty, and Levin with Brandon Strzok, was the highest-rated program on Fox during the evening and night hours. And, of course, we crushed CNN and MSNBC. I mean, honestly, who couldn't? Who couldn't? I could put a dancing squirrel on TV and they'd beat CNN and MSNBC. I'm not not trying to be self-deprecating. I'm just telling you the truth. doesn't come to people, oh, let me go watch CNN. I want to rerun a Brian Stelter. Really? I'd rather stick punji sticks in my feet. Wouldn't you, Mr. Producer? Anyway, let us continue. Cop relied on research from the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is now a discredited organization of the SBLC, claiming that two of the groups, Act for America and Center for Security Policy, engage in hateful bigotry. Cop also attempted to tie the Center for Security Policy to neo-Nazis. A spurious claim that has been, dunk, be, been debunked time and time again. It doesn't matter. She's a Pelosi hack dressed up as a reporter over there at Roll Call. The letter, which was exclusively reported by the Free Beacon, that letter, early in the week, drew the attention of the president who endorsed the call for Omar to be removed. Isn't it interesting that the president of the United States has taken a lead in this effort. 
and they still trash him as some kind of a bigot. He is attacking the bigot in the Democrat Party. And the media attack him. The one thing the Trump presidency has done among many is has finally exposed the media for what it is. A hoax. Now, cop, the Pelosiite, who uh, works for the uh, Roll Call newspaper, did not cite the Free Beacon's original reporting on the letter. What is now being dubbed the Roll Call smear campaign, the publication is facing an avalanche of criticism for relying solely on the Southern Poverty Law Center's debunked research, and it's bid to criticize the president and defend Omar under the guise of neutral journalism. What a clown, Emily Kopp. What a clown newspaper. Roll call. What a clever name. Now, let's move into more of the totalitarianism that is the Democrat Party. This is from the Hill newspaper. Democrats won't let Fox News host primary debate. Hmm. The Democrat National Committee said today it would not permit Fox News to host a presidential primary debate, citing an explosive story this week in The New Yorker by Jane Mayer, who is a left-wing kook hack, always has been, and she's creepy. Creepy. Left-wing lunatic. Explosive story, ladies and gentlemen. She regurgitated past stories. That's what she... But it was explosive. It's a bombshell. Oh, my. An explosive bombshell. Incredible. An explosive bombshell that was incredible. Recent reporting by The New Yorker on the inappropriate relationship between President Trump, his administration, and Fox News. Has there been a study of the inappropriate relationship between CNN and the Democrats on Capitol Hill, like Adam Shifty and Gerald Nadler? Has there? Or over at MSLSD, same thing? Of course not. Uh, let's see, recent reporting in the New York, Fox News, has led me to conclude that the network is not in a position to host a fair and neutral debate for our candidates. Therefore, Fox News will not serve as a media partner for the 2020 Democratic primary debates, writes Perez, himself a left-wing hack, said in a statement. The Washington Compost first reported the DNC's decision to exclude Fox News. If I were Fox, I wouldn't want them anyway, because the Democrat Party is the David Duke Party. The Democrat Party is the David Duke Party. You don't want to taint Fox News with a Democrat primary. The DNC has already announced they will hold as many as 12 debates during the primary contest, including six this year. First debates are scheduled for June on NBC, MSNBC, Telemundo, and July hosted by CNN. Well, that's quite a diversity of left-wing kooks. Telemundo, MSNBC, NBC, and CNN. Wow. Fox News has been lobbying to get its own debate, and Perez had considered partnering with the conservative outlet. In a statement, Fox News Senior Vice President and Managing Editor Bill Salmon said the network hoped the DNC would reconsider. Bill, don't don't waste your time. 
I used to know Bill when he was at the Washington. I haven't seen or talked to Bill in years and years. Bill, don't waste your time. But Bill cited Chris Wallace, Brett Baer, Martha McCullum. These are all of whom embody the ultimate journalistic integrity and professionalism. They don't care about that, Bill. And stop trashing the opinion side of Fox. It's not a good thing. It's not a good look. Uh, What they want is sycophants. And they know Wolf Blitzer, when he's awake, is a sycophant. They know Jake Tapper is one of them. They know that. They know Chris Cuomo is of a Democrat family and one of the dumbest brothers anybody could have, the governor of New York. Yeah, yeah. He, he wants MSNBC because of their nonpartisanship, you know, like Al Sharpton and Chris Matthews and the morning schmo and Mrs. Schmo. Oh, yeah. The New Yorker article by correspondent Jane Mac- She's not a correspondent. She's a hitman or a hit lady. Whoops. A hit it. Detailed deep ties between Fox News and the Trump White House. Will she write about deep ties between CNN and Adam Schiff? As I recall, wasn't it Donna Brazile who was feeding information to the Democrats, to Hillary Clinton, from her post at CNN? Is that, did I recall that? Did Jane... Meyer, Mayor, Meyer, right about that? I don't believe so. She's a hitman, a hit woman, a hit it. She always has been. She went after Clarence Thomas years ago. Just look at her wide range of writings. Her scholarship. Trashing Republicans and conservatives. And she herself is a mouthpiece for these people. So she attacks Fox and people at Fox For what she claims they're doing, which is exactly what she does. She has her head so far up the collective ass of the left and the Democrat Party. I forgot what she looked like. Creepy. Mayor reported on allegations that former Fox News chief Roger Ailes had given Trump a heads up about potential questions he would face in the 2016 primary debate. I don't believe Roger Ailes is still with us. Do you, Mr. Producer? After leaving Fox News amidst a sexual harassment scandal, Ailes, who has since passed, advised the Trump campaign. Do people still read the Washington Post? I'm just curious. How about Jane Mayermeyer Mayer? Does she read the Washington Post? The relationship between Ben Bradley and John Kennedy and the Kennedy family is well known. It's been written about over and over and over again. Nobody questions the integrity of the Washington Post, but me. After leaving Fox News has not hosted a Democrat presidential debate for several election cycles. Really? Well, you know who should host a Democrat primary debate this time, ladies and gentlemen, Al Jazeera. Because that's exactly where the Democrat Party belongs. Al Jazeera. They should hold a Democrat Party. Not Telemundo. Al Jazeera. Because the dear bigot and anti-Semite Omarum, no doubt, loves Al Jazeera. They came to her defense today, too. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin.
Mr. Producer? I'm very perceptive, aren't I? This is why so many of you like this president, if not adore this president. Here's what he just tweeted out after the DNC said, no, we're not going to do the Fox. They're biased to Trump. Listen to what Trump just tweeted out. Democrats just blocked Fox News from holding a debate. Good. Then I think I'll do the same with the fake news networks and the radical left Democrats in the general election debates. Absolutely brilliant. There's not another Republican who could be president or would be president who would think of doing that. So the president just said, fine. Well, guess what? In the general election debates, I'm not going on any of you left-wing Democrat networks. What do you think of that? Absolutely brilliant. And of course, Jane Mayer, the fraud that she is, very creepy too, did I mention that? She's not for freedom of the press or freedom of the speech of speech she's for destroying people and destroying entities did she write a book or a column or a long essay in the new yorker about how msLSD and the constipated news network and the rest of them how they slobbered all over obama how they were in his back pocket we even had the deputy national security advisor ben rhodes confess that he had the media tied around his finger, he fed them information, and they regurgitated on the Iran deal. He confessed. Where was Jane Mayermeyer Mayer, Mayer, Mayer's book? Nowhere. No Jane Mayermeyer Mayer, Mayer, Mayer book, none. But her book's all the rage inside the belt. Oh, I mean, her article, it's all the rage in the New Yorker, of course, really. What a swell magazine. And all the rage. So Fox is partisan. But Bill Salmon assures us that his news guys are not partisan. Well, come on, Bill. You know Shep is kind of partisan. But I agree with him when it comes to Brett Baer and Chris Wallace and so A lot of you don't like Chris Wallace. I kind of do. He's hard on everybody. I'm just being honest. I don't always agree with him. And he's hard on anybody. Brett Baer is your quintessential news anchor. Exactly what a news anchor is supposed to be. That's Brett Baer. And I mean that. I don't socialize with the Bears. I'll see them accidentally from time to time. I like them a great deal, personally. And you know, that family's been through hell. They had a terrible car accident a couple months ago. And one of his sons had multiple open heart surgeries. When you go through that kind of stuff... That causes you to think right. It really does. So Donald Trump has said, okay, Democrats just blocked Fox News from holding a debate. Good, then I think I'll do the same with the fake news networks and the radical left Democrats in the general election debates. Oh, I'm so anxious. You, you, you folks, you're going to love my new book. I'm almost done. But I have to handle some family business here in Florida. Almost done. You're going to love the title of the book? You're going to, I believe, I believe you're going to love the look of the book. And more than that, I believe you're going to love what's in the book. You liberals might not. There's no pictures, so I don't know if you'll be able to follow along. I'm telling you. It's not like rediscovering Americanism or the tyranny of progressivism or meritopia. Those were heavy-duty books. This is a heavy-duty book, but it's written differently. 
because I decided, you know what? This really doesn't lend itself to Aristotle or Plato or, or Burke or Adam Smith or the founding fathers and so forth. Well, there's some of that, but let's keep it, you know, what are they, on the down and low, on the low and down, on the low and, on the down low. I know, I'm just messing around. Just messing around. We have two great guests next hour, by the way. And I don't do that normally, have two guests in one hour. But here we actually have two great guests. Victor Davis Hanson, my man. He'll be in the house. I mean, not literally. And the great Mark Klein to comment on Omar and the Democrat Party. He is the president of ZOA. ZOA. You know what that means, Mr. Producer? Zionists of America. People, folks, you know what Zionism means? It means in support of a homeland for the Jews, like Israel. Nothing offensive. We'll have both next hour. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Levin Show, live and national at 877-381-3811. You know, uh, all millennials aren't left-wing kooks. Many of them serve in our military, you know, so we have heroes among them. But apparently, according to polls, a lot of them support socialism, Mr. Producer. Have you seen this? So I have a proposal. I think young people who support socialism should be required to live under socialism. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, the amount of energy they use should be limited. I mean, they should not be able to have automobiles. They like the Green New Deal. They should use bicycles. Uh, They should not be able to have access to gasoline or oil. I'm very serious about this. They should live in, in facilities and homes that are very bland, if you will. Very bland. Their diet should be limited, heavily regulated, no meat, no dairy. That way we can keep down on the, uh, you know, the methane coming from them. Yes, why not? I th- 
Are they allowed Twitter? No, they're not. They shouldn't be allowed Twitter. They shouldn't be allowed to have iPhones. They shouldn't be allowed to have any of those things because if everybody can't have them, nobody should have them. So I think we should create a world in which they have to live under socialism rather than support socialism while they live in a world of capitalism. Capitalism. I wonder how many young men and women who go to college actually work to pay their tuition. I know some, please don't call, but most don't. They either get student loans or their parents pay for it or something. So everything seems free, right? Everything seems free. They should also be required to get a socialist-style health care. Only public hospitals are available to them. And any of the reject doctors from the VA and so forth, those are the doctors that they should get. They shouldn't be able, again, to luxuriate in capitalism while supporting socialism. I feel the same way about these politicians. There's no way AOC should be luxuriating in capitalism while promoting socialism. There's no way Bernie the Red should be luxuriating in capitalism while promoting socialism. And so it is that I suggest that if 58 or 68 percent of millennials support socialism, then those 58 or 68 percent should experience it because they haven't. We want free stuff. Why? Because your parents give it to you or the government gives it to you or you can get an easy loan. Somebody has to pay for something if it ain't you. So only bicycles, no access to gasoline or oil. Limited in what types of food you can eat. Obviously meat is out. Your carbon footprint needs to be minimal. None of the newest stuff, newest gadgets, unless everybody can have them. And only public health facilities. No private health facilities. Only public, you know, like county hospitals or whatever. No public, no private health facilities. Let's see how you like it. See how you like it. Living in one world, the world of liberty, while preaching and supporting and endorsing another world, the world of tyranny, doesn't cut it anymore. If you want to be part of the alt-left, the part of the David Duke Democrat Party, if you want to be part of the alt-left, then live it. You don't have to preach it, live it. When I tell you about Levin TV, there's one thing we've seen over the past few weeks and a few months, is that we can't let the left-wing kook media go unchecked. Now, we don't support government intervention. They do. We support competition and alternatives. And that's exactly what I'm offering to you. There's never been a more important time for shows like Levin TV and our network, Blaze TV, to expose and fight back against media malpractice. And if you're watching Levin TV, and if you've been for a while now, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And your subscription may be coming up. I hope you'll renew immediately. Now, you've seen the way we're able to cover stories, discuss philosophy and history and economics, like nobody else. Like nobody else. And that's why I think you need the alternative to CNN and MSNBC and all the rest of it. It's my show, Levin TV, and our network, Blaze TV. 30 great, great shows. 30 great shows. We've made this affordable, by the way. 
even for my listeners who are on fixed incomes, you can get an entire year of the Blaze TV network, including my show, for only $7.50 a month when you use promo code LEVIN. That's like one stop at McDonald's. For a limited time, you can go to blazetv.com slash Levin, blazetv.com slash L-E-V-I-N, and start a free trial on our network with no commitment and no risk. Again, that's blazetv.com slash Levin. That's crucial, that last part, so you get the discount. Or give us a call, better yet, 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-L-E-V-I-N-TV. You'll never miss an episode of Levin TV. You'll never miss the stories that aren't being covered. You'll never miss the approach that I have. And I hope you'll join us. I've been doing our programs this week from our Florida facility. It's very cozy there. I like it very much. So I hope you've been watching. Let's go to the call, shall we? Yes, we can. Nathan Monroe, New York, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hi, Mark. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't My see pleasure. much of a <laughs> I don't see much of a difference between the Democrats covering for Representative Omar and their unholy grail of a talking point that President Trump covered for white supremacists down in Charlottesville by saying that there were bad people on both sides. Well, I do see a difference, and I'll tell you what it is: the president never endorsed the white supremacists or the neo Nazis. When he said there were good people on both sides, and I've gone back and I've listened to this several times, he wasn't talking about the white supremacists and neo-Nazis and Antifa. He was talking about the other people who had gathered there to protest one side or the other with respect to these, these uh, Confederate monuments. And I don't favor pulling down Confederate mon- monuments either, any more than I favor book burning or any of the rest. And the reason is we have a history the good, the bad, and the ugly. And if, there's a mo- if there is a monument to a Confederate general up there, then as a father or grandfather, you should talk to your children and grandchildren about that Confederate general and the Civil War and what it was about. You don't start ripping these things down. Now, that's what Trump was talking about, and yet they keep calling him a racist. In the case of Omar... There's no ambiguity whatsoever. People aren't putting words in her mouth, and she says these things over and over and over again. People are trying to reinterpret it for her or tell her, please don't use painful words. Please don't use words that harm people. What are you talking about? She's a bigot. Thank me for your call, sir. Donna, Frederick Maryland, the great W-M-A-L. Go. Hi, Mark. You know, you mentioned Miss Omar, and we're watching the Democrats twist themselves inside out, trying to hide the fact that they are literally infusing radical Islamic jihadists into our government. We remember 9-11, those of us with family in right, New you, York. Need, you need to be a little careful, Donnie. You can't blame her on 9-11. People will hear this. They'll put it on a website. Then there'll be protests. We remember 9-11. She had nothing to do with 9-11. As to your point about a radical fundamentalist Islamist being in our government, that's exactly what she is. Anyway, go ahead. That's why I have a fear. That's, that's why I connected 9-11. All right. You're not going to connect it on my program because she had nothing to do with 9-11. 
I, I'm aware of that. I'm just saying that we have to be careful about who we're putting in our government and what their views well, are. Well, some of us are careful. But, you know, she comes from a different district. And obviously they were careful, too. And they wanted her in Congress. But there's her and the one from, uh, forget where it is, uh, Michigan. And that's two out of 435. And the Democrat majority will do nothing, nothing effective, nothing serious to send a message to her, to their party, to the nation and to the world that it won't be tolerated. That's the bottom line. Thank you for your call, Donna. We have to be careful about connections that we make and stuff like that, uh, because what happens is somebody says something like that. And I like Donna. She's a good lady. But somebody says something like that. And if I don't hear it right and I don't comment or I endorse it, next thing you know, Mark Levin says Omar is responsible for 9-11. I said no such thing. I'm focused like a laser. I know exactly what I'm saying. I know exactly what I'm thinking. And I communicate it as well as anybody else. All right, let's see here. Let us go to Abraham, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go. Yeah, hi, Mark. I just wanted to say that we can't be accepting her apology because an apology means you regret it. And if you do it again, that means you don't regret it. So no, I think she, she, she regrets nothing. She's very proud of herself. She's never had attention like this before. Yeah, and I think that if there would be a Jew in Congress and he would say something against, God forbid, any other religion, and you wouldn't have uh, Bernie Sanders defending and giving him the benefit of the doubt that quickly. And he's a. Look, look at the people who are on the public stage that the media promote in the Democrat Party. Bernie Sanders is an old red. He's an old Marxist. He's born in New York City, travels to Vermont which is about as homogeneous as it gets. He gets elected from Vermont that has, what, about 14 people. And he gets elected to mayor, then he gets elected to the Senate, and he gets elected over and over and over again. Bernie Sanders has done nothing productive in his entire life. Bernie Sanders is a, is, is like a, is, is a low-level propagandist for the Marxist movement. You can see how he will not condemn genocidal Marxist leaders, but he will condemn the president. He won't condemn their health care systems where people die, but he attacks our private health care system. And I can go on and on. And he has backed now Omar. Now, it took him a few days. He wanted to see how the uh, currents were flowing. But now he's behind Omar fully, says she should stand up because we shouldn't be stymied. We shouldn't be afraid to debate Israel. It's had nothing to do with that. This has nothing to do with that. We already know the Democrats hate Israel. We already know the Democrat Party, Obama, the left hate Israel. They demonstrated that in the Iran deal. We already know that. We know they hate Netanyahu because Obama pulled a Putin in Israel and tried to defeat him, interfering in their election. We already know all this stuff. We already know that Pelosi likes Syria. She went there. She embraced the dictator, the mass murder. Uh, and we can go on and on and on about this. This is specific. This affects all Americans. She's a member of Congress. It affects all Americans who are Jewish. That we have a member of Congress who talks the way that she talks. She's as vile as Farrakhan. She's as vile as David Duke. And the media turned the other way. I mean, they'll hit the story hit it real fast. Hit it. Back to Trump and Trump and Trump and Trump and Trump. 
All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Joe Biden hires top Latino operative. <laughs> Joe Biden. What they do to his face, Mister? This looks like he has Botox, but like on only one side of his face. I mean, he ought to at least do a John Kerry. Just balloon it up, baby. All right. Do you wish that double chin would just disappear? What's he going to say next time I bump into him on an Accela train? Do you wish that double chin would just disappear? Are those bags and puffiness getting a little worse every day? Just listen to Robin from Lubbock, Texas. I put that jawline cream on my neck like two or three days ago. That is the best my neck has looked in over 20 years. Several people told me my face looks young, and I'm blown away. Yes, folks. With Genesel's active ingredients and pure antioxidant base with no chemical scents, no pharmaceutical preservatives, it's the clean luxury your skin deserves each and every day. Click or call right now, and the Genesel jawline treatment is yours absolutely free. Just for ordering the classic Genesel plant stem cell therapy for bags and puffiness. Call 800-SKIN-604, 800-SKIN-604. Or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. With Chaminade's 100% money-back guarantee, you only have the bags, wrinkles, and the double chin to lose. So call now while three-day shipping is still free. Call 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604. Or go to Genesel.com. That's Genesel.com. Don't miss our next hour. Two great guests. As I say, I normally don't do that, but we did it. We did it. Judy, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC. Go. I want to bless you, and I want to tell you this was the most award-winning show I've ever heard. Really? Yes. And I want to tell you something else. I share your frustration and your anger and your everything. And I bless you, and I'm comparing you to the genius of Justin Brandeis. How's that? Wow. Okay. I prefer... Scalia, to be honest with you. Well, all right. I'll give it. Thank you. I'll give. I'll give you that too. How's that? Thank you. Thank you. I'm telling you, Mark. Amazing. I. I, I can't even tell you. I was like breathtaking. This has to be. Uh, this has to be giving out to all the high schools, all the universities and colleges. All right, that'll happen. Yes, it should. We have to change the entire educational system because that's no, no. We have to put the show somehow in a condom. Then they'll hand it out all over the place. <laughs> so, Mark. Yes. Let me talk about Omar. Okay. Yes. First of all, usually when people take the oath, they take it on a Bible, and they say they're going to uphold the Constitution. This young lady took it on the Koran because she's known to be someone that wants to... Now, now, wait a minute. Okay. But she's not the first to take it on a Koran. It doesn't even bother me, Judy. Don't get mad at me. What bothers me, you can take an oath on a Koran. I could see my buddy Zudi Jasser doing that. But you're hating America. You're hating Jews. You obviously haven't assimilated into our society. It's not for me to take their Koran away. It's for me to object to what they're doing to our country. Absolutely. This particular woman. Well, well, Mark, can I just tell you something? Yes, yes. So, I don't know, you could look this up, but I happen to know, and I'm questioning this too. Um, she tweeted, Alu Akbar, whatever they say in Arabic, 
two weeks after the murder of four Americans in Benghazi. Like, well, I don't know. I don't know that either. And we would have to look it up. Alec Akbar. But I, I tend to doubt that. But uh, Mr. Producer, we'll take a look at that. Thank you, Judy. Appreciate your call. <laughs> now we're doing research for Judy. Gary, Roxborough, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hello. Oh, hello. Hello. You there? Hello. Who do you want to talk to? I want to talk about yeah. CNN, what? Democratic News Network. Yeah, tell, tell, tell me about it before I pass you on to Mark. Here the we DNN. It should be called the DNN. Why? Here's the problem. I, yeah. I, I have like six TVs in my office. Wow. And you only have two eyes. How do you watch six TVs? You only got two eyes. How are you watching six TVs? What, what, what are you doing? Hello? Are you there? Yes. Okay. Okay. So you, blew your, you blew your call. We'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. During these dark, bleak times, this environment created by the Democrat Party, the media, and others, it's important that we speak to people who can enlighten us, who have courage, who push back against this sort of thing. I've known Mark Klein for a few years now. I respect him enormously. We've become very, very good friends. He's the president of ZOA. And briefly, he will explain to you what ZOA is. But I want his take on what's been taking place with Omar, Talib, etc., etc. Mark Klein, how are you, my friend? Well, it's great to be on with the most brilliant and courageous political analyst in the United States of America. Holy mackerel. I should have you more often. (laughs) <laughs> well, now tell true. tell him and you're very kind and uh tell everybody what zoa means and and what it's about well, zoa is the zionist organization of america founded in 1897 we're the oldest pro-israel group in the united states uh we educate uh people about israel in congress in the media on campuses and in the last 
many years, we have been emphasizing educating America about the truth of the Arab-Islamist war against Israel and the West, because we are facing a war, I'm afraid. And uh, uh, the media, of course, has sort of ignored that aspect of it. Uh, but Omar and Tlaib uh, have really highlighted the fact that we have a real problem with radical Islamists. Are you concerned that the Democrat Party can't get its act together to not only pass a resolution, they can't even pass a watered-down resolution, that it has apparently split their caucus on whether or not to condemn her, not by name, but condemn her by implication? What's happening? It's a very frightening and distressing message uh, to American Jewry in America that they are doing nothing to curb radical Islamic anti-Semitism by having this weak, toothless resolution, which they even uh, postponed voting on because they wanted to water it down even further. This was supposed to be a resolution uh, uh, that was uh, uh, promoted by Omar and Tlaib's extraordinarily uh, hatred toward Israel and the Jewish people, <laughs> and now they want to throw in all sorts of other issues, Islamophobia, homophobia, uh, and such. And I've told Pelosi there should be a separate resolution on anti-Semitism, and if you want another resolution on other bigotries, fine, but don't water this down. <laughs> but the Democrat Party has shown a lack of will to tell the truth of the Arab-Islamist war against Israel in a recent BDS vote to, to vote to stop BDS, boycotting Israel, the innocent Israel, half of the Democrats voted against that bill. Virtually every Republican voted for it, half the Democrats didn't. So we have a real problem with the, with the Democratic Party. In fact, even when we were talking about the Taylor Force Act, the Taylor Force Act said we're going to stop giving the Passion Authority $500 million a year uh, if they continue to pay Arabs to murder Jews. Yes, they pay Arabs to murder Jews. The more Arabs... The more Jews that an Arab kills in the Palestinian Authority in Israel, the higher their pension for life. <laughs> for one year, the Democrats refused to support it until it was watered down, where they only lose one-third of their money, not all the $500 million. So the Democratic Party, unfortunately, has become a real disappointment in fighting against evil and hatred. <laughs> and this resolution, by the way, not only doesn't mention Omar and Tlaib by name, but doesn't talk about the fact that they've called Israel evil, an apartheid state, that they hypnotize the world, that, that Israelis are massacring innocent Arabs. And I don't know if your listeners know, Omar has demanded that we show compassion for ISIS terrorists and demanded that judges reduce the sentences to terrorists who have been convicted of terrorism. Uh, she supports boycotting Israel, but she condemns having sanctions on Venezuela uh, uh, and Iran. <laughs> uh, and also this, this dual loyalty thing, uh, it's really incredible. Why can't a human being love America and love Israel? Can an Irishman love Ireland and love America? It is anti-American to not support a strong ally of America. And I'm sure she loves Somalia in America, aren't you? Uh, no doubt. In fact, Tlaibe, who condemned... Uh, 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 dual loyalty, uh, Rashida Tlaib from Michigan, do you know when she was sworn in to be a congressman, she wrapped herself in a passing authority, dictatorship, terrorist flag. Now, what kind of uh, loyalty is that to America when you wrap yourself in a flag? Well, let me say this to you, my friend Mort. I'll say it. She's an Islamist. She's a fundamental Islam fundamentalist Islamist. 
So is Omar. And if the media were honest in this country, which, of course, they're not, uh, they would point that out. These are fundamentalists. Uh, and they have been showing more loyalty to Venezuela and the Palestinian Authority uh, and Eritrea and other such uh, vicious regimes than they are to the United States of America. Rashida Tlaib, when she was sworn in, immediately embraced Abbas Hamida, who was there. She invited him, who uh, is, is one of the Hezbollah leaders, and he compares Israel to a terrorist state and says Israel's like ISIS. These are her friends. And by the way, they scream about you know money being thrown around, by Jewish money. Omar has gotten major donations from Hatem Bezian, who founded Students for Justice in Palestine, a vicious anti-Semitic, anti-Israel group, from CARE, who was an unindicted conspirator uh, of, uh, accused of funneling money to Hamas, of Jim Zogby, who's compared uh, Israel to Nazis. She's taking money from the most vicious anti-Semites in America. And how dare she complain uh, about uh, uh, Jews or other people uh, uh, legally uh, funneling... Now, Mort, before we run out of time, I want to ask you something. Is, is it a coincidence that they and people who support what they're doing also despise America. Is it a coincidence that, 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 that they trash our own country while they trash Israel as well? Why is that? Because Israel and America have the same values of, of a capitalist society, of a humane society with, with major, massive freedom, freedoms. They are against this. Uh, AOC is the, one of the leaders of the Democratic uh, Socialists of America, who has publicly called for an end to Israel. Uh, and uh, she has praised Jeremy Corbyn, an enemy of America and an enemy of Israel. Who Head of the Labour Party in England. Labour Party of England, who has said that Hamas are his friends. And by the way, if people want to learn more about the things you and I have just discussed, I urge them to go to ZOA.org. We have specific details. And also people should know about this resolution. Of all the religious hate crimes in America, 60% are against Jews. Only 15% are against Muslims. So the bigger problem in America is anti-Semitism, not Islamophobia. All right, Mort Klein, we much, much appreciate it in everything you do. You take care of yourself. We have your website, right, Mr. Producer, linked. Um, it's up there on my social sites, and it's a very, very substantive website. I think people will really appreciate learning from it. Take care of yourself, my friend. Thank you, sir. All right, God bless. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Good man. Really, really good man. And same with his organization. They gave me an award last year, you know. Which I appreciate very much. Oh, folks, before we get to Victor Davis Hanson, U.S. trade deficit just at a 10-year high due to record shortfall with China. And the media is thrilled. In other words, what they're saying is despite all these tariffs and everything, the trade imbalance with China has grown Now, let me try and explain this again. Countries do not trade with each other. Individuals trade with each other. Businesses trade with each other. 
entities trade with each other, both within the United States and external to the United States. We don't have hundreds of billions of dollars being traded by the United States with China or vice versa. So this language is really quite bizarre. That's number one. Number two. Nowhere in these statistics do they include the movement of money. Only goods and services. So if people overseas are pouring their money into the United States, which has a net positive effect for our R&D capital expenditures and our banking system, so they can lend you mortgage money, car money, and so forth, and lend that to domestic businesses to expand and grow, the movement of money into the United States, which is significant, and the reason people do it is not only because of good investments and good return, but because we have a a rule of law when it comes to our private property rights in our banking system, at least right now, that could change. That's not counted. So we don't really have these massive quote-unquote imbalances. And part of the confusion comes from the president's advisors. Sometimes the president talks about this. We have this massive debt with this country or that country. Not really. Then the third point I would like to mention. So what? Well, Mark, this isn't, we're sending jobs over. No, we're not. You know what this demonstrates? That we have a vibrant economy. That we have a vibrant economy. We need raw materials and other stuff that other countries have and produce that we do not have or do not produce for ourselves. So we can produce other end products and we can consume what they send us. That's the nature of a vigorous, robust economy. We consume more, and I don't just mean eating, we consume more and bigger and better things than other countries. Whether it's automobiles, whether it's homes, whatever it is. We're a richer country, so we consume more, so we need to import stuff. We can't just make it all here. That's irrational. There's not enough companies, there's not enough people to make everything we demand, everything we need, everything we desire here in the United States in and of itself. It's simply not possible. So it doesn't mean that something's going horribly wrong. And this is why I always make the distinction between tariffs on China and other enemies and tariffs on our allies. I wholly support tariffs on China. The bigger, the better. Because China is an enemy. China is stealing our proprietary information. China is stealing our intelligence information. China is stealing our know-how. They're crooks. Well, you don't have free trade with crooks. We're not talking about tough trade, tough negotiations, you know, this percentage they charge, we lower percentage. They're stealing from us, blind. And when our companies locate offices and factories in China, stupidly so, the Chinese government says, great, as a condition of doing business here, Apple or Marriott or Federal Express or what have you, we own, we, 
the Chinese state own 51% of your of your business in China. And this is how they get access to our technology. This is how they get access to our data. This is how they get access to our know-how. And they take it and they build from it. They don't make heavy-duty investments. They're not a competitor. They're an enemy. So for national security reasons, I'm all for everything Donald Trump is doing to them and more. But they're not Canada. Well, Mark, you know, uh, we have a 100% tariff or whatever it is on dairy products coming in here from Canada. And really, and what is our tariff on sugar coming into this country? Anybody know? What is our tariff on mushrooms coming into this country? Why do we only face a, a focus on dairy products? Why don't we focus on almonds? Why don't we focus on all the other protections that these nitwit politicians in Washington put in our law, slip them into our statutes? Like the big sugar lobby. You can ask Marco about that. We don't trade fair on sugar. We don't trade fair on a lot of stuff. Free market. I know. I know I'm the only one anymore. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm the only one. Okay, okay, okay. But I'm trying to explain why this story is bogus. Because the terms, the arguments are bogus. I mean, it's not bogus in the context of the language it's using and the logic it's using. It's just that it's the wrong logic and it's the wrong language. And it comes out of the administration, too. Now, listen to this one. Republicans, this is Roll Call, the anti-Semitic newspaper, apparently. Republicans seeing opportunities in the suburbs advance paid leave plans. What? Now, we have a debt that is through the roof. We have an annual deficit like we've never seen before. Thank you, Mitch McConnell. We have entitlements that are out of control, that are going broke. And so now we have Republicans. Hey, you know what? I know how we can get more suburban voters. How? Give them more stuff. Well, what are you going to give them? Paid leave. What? Paid leave. It's a family thing, don't you know? We're for families. So the government should subsidize people who have children. You know, my parents, God love them, would have been disgusted by this proposal. You know what they would say to me? If you're going to have children, it is your obligation. It is your primary of primary responsibilities to protect them, to clothe them, to put a roof over their head, to feed them. That's your number one job. But I, but I need uh, two months of government uh, subsidy. No, you don't. Whatever happened before these proposals? How do we become as great a nation as we did? A religious nation, a nation of families, till the liberals tried to rip us to shreds. But all of a sudden we need to be subsidized when we have children? We need the government to subsidize? Is this not insanity? Missouri Representative Ann Wagner... She's coming up with an idea, and she's not the only one. we got to get the votes from the suburbs. So this is what I mean by soft progressives. Ann Wagner is a soft progressive. Mitch McConnell's a soft progressive. By that, I mean they're not Marxists, they're not radicals, but they do not embrace, truly, families. Not if you're going to subsidize this. They do not embrace private property rights. They do not embrace these things. They say they do. They're not as bad as the hard left, but they're bad. 
we've got this debt. We have these deficits. We have enormous borrowing. We had our printing presses gone over and over. I mean, they don't even take this into consideration. Nothing. So we're going to have paid family leave, folks, to get a suburban vote. And also, give up the battle on man-made climate change, folks. We heard Shimkus. Oh, the shimmy. Shimkus. Of Illinois and other Republicans. Yeah, give it up. It's over. Just give it up, folks. Give it up. Roll over. Our politicians in Washington, they're, they're really fighting for us. Hey, you know what? What? That Trump of the National Emergencies Act? Yes. I believe that's unconstitutional. I'm going to vote against that. A bunch of jerks. I'll be right back. Mark Levin, the conscience of conservatism. Call Mark now at 877-381-3811. You know, Victor Davis Hanson really doesn't need an introduction from me, but I'll give him one anyway. One of the smartest people I know, but he's more than that. He communicates beautifully. It's one thing to be smart. If you can't communicate it, then you're talking to 12 people. Like some of my friends over at National Review. And by the way, that's not your problem, Victor. I'm, I'm saying that out of my mouth. So um, Victor Davis Hanson is a uh, breath of fresh air. He's got a magnificent new book out called The Case for Trump. And as a result of writing this book, of course, he's being attacked by the usual uh, types. But on the other hand, people who read it and people who have an open mind are really enjoying the book. Victor Davis Hanson, how are you, sir? Very good, Mark. Thanks for having me. Well, it's my pleasure. Tell us, at least to the extent you can in a short period of time, what is the case for Donald Trump? Well, the case was that he he redefined the Republican establishment's orthodoxy, and he targeted um, some electoral states with a message we hadn't heard that to have free trade, it has to be fair. And the industrialized uh, interior of the country was not spent and should not be given up on. And there was a nobility about people, even if they were out of work. And then he said that the, you can't have a country unless you have sovereignty, and that you can only have sovereignty if you have secure borders. And the Republicans had been as culpable as the Democrats. And then he said just because you have tactical victories and optional wars doesn't result in strategic resolution or success. And more importantly, Mark, I, I think he, there was a method to his message. The messenger was important. He's kind of said, I'm not going to play by the Marcus of Queensbury rules anymore. You guys have lost five out of the last six elections. Popular vote, you haven't won 51% since 88. And part of the problem is that you want to accommodate the left, and I'm going to confront the media. And even if, and that was his message. And he kind of defined, redefined morality, too, even though he was a conflicted person with a lot of uh, baggage and skeletons in the past. He said it was a moral thing to let people have economic opportunity in the inner city, Hispanics, working class whites. You get unemployment down as low as it is. You get GDP growth. You get energy. And it gives people a new sense of self. And that's a moral statement in itself. And that's why I'm confused about the never Trump entire uh, thesis that he's an amoral person, and yet the very moral people could not do what he did to help people. You know, the morality, there are different aspects of morality, personal morality and public morality. And um, 
I don't know. I'm getting an echo in my ears, Mr. Producer. And um, we give a pass to public immorality. When people tell us they're going to do things, but then don't, they lie about it. When people tell us that certain things they're doing are this way when they're that way. And it seems to me Washington and people, even so-called journalists and thinkers and writers who are appendages to Washington, they don't really address that immorality, do they, Victor? No, they don't. I always go back to generals. George Patton was on Couth, but he was so brilliant and audacious, and he cared about his soldiers. He saved thousands of lives. And a very sober and judicious and good man, Omar Bradley, personally, impeccable credentials, but he was incompetent, and he often did things that would cost people's lives. And that creates a dilemma you were talking about, Mark, that there is a public or professional morality, and then there's a private. We'd like to have both, but in this life, we don't always get that. And I think it required a little bit of patience to see what Trump is. And after the book I was written, I have more respect for him, because I've never seen anybody get up in the morning and be subject to that level of vituperation and venom. And I never knew what a slow-motion American coup would look like. I thought it would be Mm -hmm. impossible. But the last two years, I'm seeing now what a a coup in America would look like with the Emoluments Clause, 25th Amendment, Mueller, the the McCabe Palace coup, trying to subvert the Electoral College. I guess that's what it looked like. I'd always been curious to see if it would ever happen, and it's happening before our eyes. And it is grotesque. And this... This attack on Trump from all quarters. Uh, now you have Nadler with 81 people, and it affects his campaign manager, past campaign manager, his pollster, his family members, executives in his business, uh, anyone they can grab. They, are, they want to destroy his family, destroy his business, destroy his presidency. These Soviet tactics. Well, let me ask you, do you agree with me these are like Soviet tactics? Yeah, I, I do. I mean, and I, I don't think it's on both sides, as people in the Never Trump say. Uh, when Obama was negotiating that flawed Iran deal, you didn't see the Republicans call in Tony Resco to testify about an old land deal where Obama didn't pay um, taxes on a, basically a gift of land. Or they didn't get Reggie Love in there to testify that Obama was playing spades during the uh, bin Laden raid. He, did, he was, said he was bored. That's what he said that happened. Because what would be the point of it when the president, even though he's negotiating something that's detrimental, there was some degree of decorum. But when you had that split screen when Trump is in North Korea, then you had this pathological uh, liar Cohen saying all of these things that couldn't be a, a substantiated, proven liar, going to prison for lying. We're, we're, in, we're in new territory right now. I've never seen anything like it. I haven't either. And even the Kavanaugh hearings, it just shows you that there are no limits to the tyranny of this party. And look right now. You have this congresswoman from uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul. She is obviously an outright bigot and anti-Semite. And the Democrat Party can't gather itself together in order to condemn her. They can't even gather themselves together to have a mealy-mouth condemnation. Uh, what do you make of that? Well, I think they don't want to because they understand that she's doing it, and she's doing it again and again and again because it pays political dividends, not just in her district, but in her perception of this new progressive wing of the Democratic Party, the, this new demography, this diversity. They never really confronted the idea that it was a strong anti-Semitic element to that entire project 
Louis Farrakhan posed with Barack Obama in a picture at the Black Caucus in 2005, which was suppressed. But there were elements within that, and nobody's ever really addressed it. And now they're terrified because if they address that anti-Semitism, which is at the core of the new project, uh, progressive project, they think they're going to have an open civil war, and they're not sure where the majority is in the Democratic Party. They might condemn it and then find out that 51% of the, of the new Democratic Party has no problem with targeting Israel for undue censor and vituperation. That's what, you know, that, that's the problem. That They do it because it works for them, and they're never going uh, to stop it until it doesn't work, and it won't not work until people rise up and say, shame on you. But we're not there yet. No, and they don't seem to be able to be shamed. The book is The Case for Trump. Now, the reaction to your book has been predictable in certain quarters, has it not? Yeah, it has. I mean, a lot of support from people like yourself and conservatives, talk radio and, and mainstream conservatives, average people, and then Fuhrer in the New York Times by a, a reviewer kind of misrepresented the uh, book. I'm told tomorrow the Never Trump bulwark are coming out with a big broadside. So it's pretty much... If you try to be analytical and say, you know, I'm not just going to write a propaganda pro-Trump or propaganda anti-Trump. I want to analyze how he got elected, how well he's done in comparison to other administrations and what the future lies. Then suddenly, you know, and if you come to the conclusion he's doing pretty well, then that that just drives people crazy. And it drives now, people Now, I want to hit that. Yeah. I, do you get the sense, like I do... That some of these never Trumpers, and they're few in number, but they're very loud and they're very prolific. Do you get the sense that they almost have a mentality like the like the new left? That is, they attack people personally, they spin what the person says, and then they claim that you're a sellout. They do, and I I, I wish I it was just on principle. But the problem with them is that positions that they've held their entire lives. They're now saying that they are no longer uh, supporting because Trump's footprints or handprints are, has contaminated them. And then now they're making, but they don't make this argument that Trump is so amoral that the issues don't matter anymore compared to other presidents. But my God, they're historically ignorant. They have no idea what went on in the FDR White House or what Truman said or what JFK did. And by that historical margin, uh, measurement, excuse me, Trump's within the parameters. I, you know, I would go further. He's almost a Boy Scout when you compare him to some of these prior administrations and what they did to the media and so FDR forth. FDR was a successful president, I guess, for many people think he was, and he, his daughter Anna was carrying on as a conduit between him and Lucy Mercer while he was president, and while his doctors were telling the nation that he has 245, he had 245 blood pressure, and they were telling everybody he was perfectly well. So they could sort of delude them before they're 44. That's the kind of stuff that happens in life. But these guys, are, they, they've applied a standard that's so ahistorical to Trump that it's absurd. And I don't know, Mark, maybe you know or your listeners know, what is the motivation or the catalyst that makes them this way? Is it career disappointment that they were wrong, that he wouldn't be nominated, that he couldn't win, that he would fail? In Can I give you my opinion? I honestly believe I like that most of I these people... Know. I think most of them are pseudo-conservatives. They don't mind writing about it and talking about it, but they very much enjoy the world of Washington, D.C. And it's okay if they're on the periphery. They don't mind. Their egos are stroked. They're perfectly fine. But if you really get somebody 
who's going to do something about the things that they've written. That is intolerable. I think they're the ones who are flawed. I think that would that's a pretty good exegesis because that would explain why they maybe feel more comfortable than they ever have in their life when they've gone and been embraced by MSNBC and CNN and the left. I guess that's where they always wanted to be, and they had, you know, it was sticky or awkward, and now their Trump derangement syndrome has sort of allowed them to make an easy choice, and they feel pretty comfortable now in a way they never did apparently before. Now, the case for Trump, what are are the five biggest arguments for the case for Trump? The courts would be an example, right? Yes. He, He didn't nominate a Harriet Myers or a David Souter, and that's one, and he redefined fair trade as... Free trade is fair trade, and said, I'm for free trade, but the world's not symmetrical, and we're going to make it symmetrical. And then he said, China is not fated to take over the world's hegemony. He's not going to do that. And forget that. We're going to stop that. And that's really changed the dialectics on China. And then he said, between the East and West Coast is not loser country. They're not deplorables. They're not irredeemables. They're not clingers. They're people with dignity, and we can give them jobs again, and this can be just as powerful an economic uh, landscape as in Korea or Japan or China if we just play fair and we all work at it. And then he said, whether you like, like to hear it or not, we don't have a country when you have 12, 15 million people whose first thing they do when they enter is break the law, and the second thing they do is continue to break the law when they reside illegally. And Victor, can you hold on? If yeah. you need to go, I hold on. i got to take a, take a break in a minute, and we'll bring you right back because you're very compelling. You know, admit it, folks. You think that cybercrime is something that happens to other people. Now, you may think no one wants your data or that hackers can't grab your passwords or credit card details, but you'd be wrong. Stealing data from unsuspecting people on public Wi-Fi is one of the simplest, cheapest ways for hackers to make money. And when you leave your Internet connection unencrypted, you might as well be writing your passwords and credit card numbers on a huge billboard for the rest of the world to see. That's why I decided to take action, and so should you. To protect myself from cyber criminals, I use the best, ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN secures and makes anonymous your Internet browsing by encrypting your data and hiding your public IP address. ExpressVPN has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, phone, and tablet. And turning on ExpressVPN protection only takes one click. Using ExpressVPN, I can safely surf on public Wi-Fi without being snooped on or having my personal data stolen. For less than 7 bucks a month, you can get the same ExpressVPN protection that I have. ExpressVPN is rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Protect your online activity right now and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash mark. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash mark for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash mark to learn more. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. with Victor Davis Hanson in a second, but given that there are so many in Congress who advance socialist policies, it's no wonder that the president reminds Americans how it is freedom that improves lives. The so-called progressives might control the House, but it's still up to us to control them. Now, our founding fathers counted on we, the people, to hold our government in check. And in order to do that, you must know the legal role of Congress. There is a free, easy way to learn the basics. 
Through most of March, Hillsdale College is offering their free online course on the powers the Constitution gives to Congress and what it doesn't. Hillsdale is on a mission to restore liberty in our great country. So do your part by registering now to take their excellent course on the Congress for free and then watch it anytime you want. Take it with your book club, your church group, take it with your kids. You'll learn more in each session all under an hour than you ever have and you ever did in school. And you'll be equipped to hold your congressman accountable, too. Sign up today for this critical course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Victor Davis Hanson, only a couple minutes left. What are Trump's prospects for 2020, do you think? I think they're better than 2016 because he's got a record now, and most presidents with a good economic record do well. And then in 2016, it was I'm not all. It was also I'm not Hillary, but I think in 2020, it's going to be I'm the only thing between you and socialism, Americans, mm-hmm. because these basket of propositions that the the left is running going to run on reparations, infanticide, Green Deal, abolishing ICE, abolishing a wall, whatever it is, is so beyond the pale that Trump can make the argument, whatever you think of me, I'm not that. And then, he's, don't you think, Mark, that with Pompeo and Bolton and Barr, that he's finally getting a team that's synchronizing yes. with his agenda in a way that he didn't in the first two years? He's more yes. effective. He's getting better as a speaker as well, I think. I think he's greatly underestimated by his opponents and his enemies because they don't understand the American people, and he knows how to communicate with them. They still don't get it, and I don't think they care because they want to rule against and over the American people, and he doesn't think that way. No, he doesn't. He's genuine. I mean, he doesn't change his accent like Hillary and Obama, depending on the landscape of the audience in which he is. He doesn't put on camouflage like John Kerry. He doesn't put on flannel and jeans at the Indiana State Ferry. He has the same suit and tie, the same Queen's accent wherever he is, and like him or not, people, I think, have come to appreciate that he's authentic, and that's what he is. And he gets up every morning and endures a level of abuse that we've never seen before. And anything that hasn't killed him has almost made him stronger. I think Mm. people are starting to appreciate that. And, you know, he gave this great speech at CPAC. It went on for two hours. Nobody left. That's how compelling it was. And uh, Nick Gillespie, over at Reason, a libertarian, is not pro-Trump, not not anti-Trump. He said that was an unbelievable you know, what uh, display of Trump. And then, of course, the never-Trumpers are, well, he looked narcissistic, there was an aspect of dictatorship. These never-Trumpers in the left must really hate the American people, don't you think? They hate the American people, and they seem to hate people like you and me and, and who try to look at Trump analytically and don't get caught up in this careerism or what it means to your career or whether you what 51% of which issues should be on. Why can't they just say what they want without getting into this whole careerism. I've lost this. I can't do this now. I'm mad that this was taken away. The party didn't appreciate my genius. A lot of it, Mark, is almost anger or regret at their sense of lost careerism. It it seems to me it is when I talk to them. I actually think this is why the Weekly Standard went on there, and then they lashed out at at, at the gentleman, Anschutz, I believe it is, who had been subsidizing that production for years and years and years. Victor Davis Hanson, there's never enough time to talk to you. I'm a huge fan, you know that. God bless you and your family, my friend. Thank you, Mark. And everybody, get the book, The Case for Trump, Amazon.com, any of my social sites. It's a great book, The Case for Trump. Let's drive it up to number one on Amazon. Victor Davis Hanson, we salute all you heroes out there. 
Check out a great Levin TV tonight, and I'll be right here and see you tomorrow. God bless.